welcome back to the Southwestern Podcast. I will be your host, Tyler Bryson, and today I will be joined by the students and faculty of the BSU here at Swasu. Today they will be talking about black stereotypes. All right, so as far as black stereotypes goes, there's many of them, and there's definitely that understanding that the problem with a stereotype is that some of it is rooted in actuality, because some of the stuff that does exist around stereotypes do fit, but I definitely know my problem with that assumption or that misconception is that the you automatically place it on people as opposed to learning about that person as, appo- as opposed to recognizing like, hey, there is individuality. <laughs> so that's always, I've always hated that idea that I actually just recently um, had a conversation with people who talked about the quote unquote black experience and the understanding that actually can't be defined because the black experience is it based on the person who's having it and whether if they're black then that's a black experience it may not mirror someone else's black experience one of the stereotypes that like i said stereotypes do are rooted in truth i am the angry black woman i don't seem like it because i smile i'm friendly but no i'm pissed off all the time (laughs) it's it's frustrating whenever you're like not frustrated or angry and you're just stuck with a blank face and people always come up to you and like, why are you angry? Why are you so what are you angry about? Like I'm not upset. I'm just chill. Yeah, I'm sitting here. Yes. Stop bothering me because now you're making me angry. Like <laughs> asking me why am I angry? And that's like that anger has a look. Like all of a sudden like if you're not smiling, oh you must be mad. Yeah. Maybe I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I almost have to put on a show to show that I'm happy or something just because it's almost that idea that if like I said I'm always angry but if you're not smiling then oh you're angry but then that anger is associated with that fear aspect just like oh you can't be angry because then we're worried about you we're freaked out by you like so you have to either be smiling or be friendly or just I can't just sit (laughs) (laughs) sit and be me I mean like I don't know if it's just me but I know like I don't know. I guess like I'm always trying to, what is that? Um, code switching? Mm-hmm. Codes, code so, switching, code meshing. <laughs> yes. I know when I'm like talking to somebody, like let's say I'm like in the workplace and somebody starts talking to me that's not black, my code switching voice goes up like two octaves. And one of my friends was like, did you notice that your voice goes like super high? And I was like, oh yeah, I know. It just makes me sound like, because I'm naturally like super small and cute. And they're like, oh, she's so small and cute. But like, when I add the voice, they're like, oh, she's so adorable. <laughs> it is that, that almost like, I don't want to say defense mechanism, but it, that's really all that it is. That idea of making sure that, because the for me, the raising the voice, I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but I definitely know the raising the voice is like whiter voices are higher. So you're trying to mirror what will make the people around you, it will make white people around you comfortable and okay with you because I feel like I naturally have this really weird squeaky voice that I hate, but it will still go up a little bit um, when I'm depending on who I'm talking to, especially if I'm talking to people I work with, because it's kind of like naturally engraved that there's a certain way you're supposed to sound to make sure that you are quote unquote accepted. But like how you were saying of like raising voices, like not pitch wise, I also feel like oh yeah, as a black, you know, we just call, we're just kind of loud in general. And I know that's gonna make a lot of is, white people out of conversation. We not. just have a way of like, projecting our voices and, like, to make it much like, bigger. White people uncomfortable. Like I remember I was in high school 
and I was in lab with this guy. And I just came over and said, hey, what are we doing? And he was like this very timid guy. He was very timid. But he like literally was like, oh, it's okay. And I was like, I said, how do we do the lab? Thank you. Like, I, like so around him, I had to be like, <laughs> all right my people on zoom don't get disappeared <laughs> what are your thoughts uh as for being loud i don't think it's like since i'm coming from europe i feel like it's more of an american thing to be loud like oh <laughs> uh, for example like i work in paris and um it was like a really like touristic place and we kind of know when it's American, whether they're white or black, it's just, they're louder. And that's just like the way Americans are to us. So I don't think it's really like a black or white thing. It's mostly like an American thing. I definitely have a comment on that, but uh, Lorraine, what are your thoughts? If you, if you don't have any, that's perfectly fine. And I don't want oh, to dip like, I, I just don't make sure you're not forgotten about. Like, do you have any thoughts? I have thoughts. Okay. I have thoughts. Um, so like I heard what you said about the angry thing. Um, I don't like that people like equate being black with being angry and stuff because that's how a lot of people like end up in trouble and everything. And I mean, it seems like harmless to people until like you look and see like stuff that happens like just because you're black people will think that you're like a threat or like angry or whatever it is and like I talk like pretty like low down like low all the time and I guess people just like expect me to like yell and stuff and I mean there's going to be a time when people are like yelling or screaming or like shouting or talking like at a level but like some people don't do that like some people don't i like my best friend talks like many mouths and she is an african-american woman i've never heard her raise her voice at all at at any point in time and people think it's the funniest thing but she talks like that you know and then like as for like the angry thing like i feel like a lot of people just you know look at somebody black and think oh well they're they're um naturally like mad and um uh something like all the time and it kind of like makes me think of how like people used to call black people savages and stuff i think it kind of carries from that i think it's the same thing but just like less like you know just i don't know <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing too, like some stereotypes do fit some people, but it's that understanding that in the day, we are still individuals and everybody's not angry. Everybody doesn't yell. And I love, <laughs> that's another reason why I hope you will be a part of these, Marin. And I know I'm gonna, and I'm gonna say that I messed up her name 100%. It's a beautiful name that as an American, I can't pronounce. But uh, the idea is that you bring that different perspective that, um, uh, non-American perspective, for lack of a better word, because like, as you stated, America's allowed, <laughs> but here we associate it with race, but other countries associate certain qualities with just being American without that separation. So that's something to be aware of also, the people you come across do come with different interpretations, like 
uh, different understandings of things. So I, I've always loved to hear that because I've heard that before. That like Americans are loud, Americans are rude, Americans are um, they are entitled. I, I hear the entitled one a lot. So there is that those stereotypes aren't just for the different races. They are associated with different cultures, different nationalities, different countries. So yeah, <laughs> it's definitely something to think about. So then when you are a non-American who happens to be black and you come over and people put those stereotypes and they're like, wait, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Whereas we're used to them. I get how, uh, if you're from another country, you definitely may not be. Uh, coming back to what Lawrence said right. uh, about like angry black woman. And I think, well, it happened to me and it was mostly like when they kind of like want to act like you're being crazy for being mad about something that you should be mad about. And it's just like to, to make you look crazy, even if like, you know, you yeah. should be mad for that reason. And they just want to make you look crazy. And that's why I really don't like about it because they usually don't do that to any other race. It is that denouncing of your feelings. You're like, oh, you're just this typical. No, there's actually a justification for my mad. <laughs> you want to deny that and we're not acknowledge it. It's like one of the questions that I have just as someone that isn't, like I said, I'm a white man. Do you guys have to behave differently to avoid those stereotypes being placed on you? I am definitely gonna comment on, y'all are brilliant, y'all are amazing, never forget that. But this is actually stuff I do research. So there's actually research I do have behind that. So I'm gonna let y'all answer. But what thoughts do y'all have on, or do you have any examples you're willing to share on moments where you've had to, uh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> so, it was like a couple of days of work and you know, it's hot, hot as hell outside. So I work at a body shop, I do parts. I check in parts, I distribute the parts wherever it needs to go. Tell me why whenever there's nothing to do, I always have to find something to do, even though there's literally nothing. Like I could be sweeping that something, but whenever I'm done sweeping, still have to find something else to do. I go to the boss. He tells me to go up to the other garage, which is called the toy box, where the cars are at, and sweep it. Okay. In 97 degree weather, where it's humid, there's no drinking water access there. The only way that I'm able to get water is if I come back to the shop to get some and then go back to sweep. I tell him it's too hot. He's like. Well, there's shade. There's shade in 97 degree weather. Okay, so in a humid garage. So instead of 97, it's 96.4? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So then it's like, uh, it's like 3 30, two and a half hours before I'm supposed to go home. Okay, go home. All because I want sweet. And also because you actually went and asked for substitute. And I definitely have a comment on that, but I do not want my voice to dominate this. <laughs> Your thoughts, anybody else's thoughts, because I definitely have comments on all of this, but I do not want to be the dominating voice. I feel like um, I see that a lot. And I feel like I do it too. Like I know that I have to do it because I mean, I've been, I always moved around. So I moved to like schools that had like different. Um, what, what do you call it, like demographics, like different demographics. And it would be like, when I was like a younger kid, I went to a school that was mostly like Caucasian. Then I went to a school that was mostly Filipino and Hispanic. 
I went to a school that's mostly Asian, and it just seems like it doesn't really matter what race the um, other people are. It feels like they kind of expect you to act some way, or they expect you just like not to be a problem. So I never like understood that, but I do that a lot. Like I can, I hear myself code switching. Like when I talk to people, I don't like it because I have like a deep voice. I talk like this all the time. If I want to be taken seriously, like I'll switch up so fast to whatever like makes the people, like honestly, a good example of this is like yesterday when I called my phone company, and I was just like, I wasn't even thinking about it. So I was talking to the man. I was like, hello, like, what's going on? Like, turn my phone and stuff on. I paid, you know, because I had just paid yesterday and um, my service was off. And I was like, what's up? So I just called um, and tried to get it on. And he was like, I'm not going to have you on here yelling at my customers. I was like, who is yelling? So when they switched me to the manager, I was just like, was just like I don't understand why your coworkers are so just not working with me. I've been on this phone for so long and I'm trying to get, you know, I just have to switch it up. And then like, I got like, I, I don't know, he put something free on my service because he was like, we just, we um, value your um, whatever it is, like what, what, like your, you're, you're, I don't like, know. You're, 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 yeah, you value religion, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, all right, you didn't value my service like 30 minutes ago, my guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, whatever. Just, yeah. Any other thoughts before I start jumping in? I mean, I feel like since like I just came like to the city of living like sixth grade um because I used to live in Oklahoma okay. super small I was about the only black kid in my class like I'm not even kidding you um so when I came to Oklahoma City and I was in a more diverse area I started like kind of like embracing my blackness but considering that like we would travel back and forth for like holidays and stuff I was like code switching like so much and I feel like it's like now like somewhat affected me in life because like I kind of like get somewhere and I'm like, how do I want to act? Do I want to be this person or this person? Yeah. And I'm like, can there be like a happy medium? But then there's like, okay, you're going to get the stereotypes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, are you going to change yourself for the stereotypes? Or are you going to be living for you? You know? Yeah, it definitely does do that. Marin. Any thoughts on this? I agree. I think that's real. But I feel like I feel like even when you do code switch, you have to like code switch back when you get back with your people. Otherwise, it's a problem. Like you have to. What did you say? Are you talking about update? That's what they say. Yeah, uppity. You're a little Oreo. You're bougie. Um, my favorite, my favorite since I go to Swasu is you done been out there with all of them white people. Now you're talking like one. So, <laughs> so that's my favorite one. But, uh, but like, yeah, like everybody will always tell me you talk so differently, like all the time. Like every time I hear you, you have a different voice. I don't know what the hell to do. Because, <laughs> 
And I've definitely seen like other races be racist towards black people. But when you come on with that um that wispy mess, that that wispy voice stuff, or even for me, sometimes I do like some cowgirl voice. <laughs> and it just gets me like in a good area. Like when I when my grandma's tire was like blown out this cowboy man like stopped to help us and I think he was just gonna call somebody until I was like I was like I I gotta get my grandmother back to the house I don't know what's going on he just like completely just like um was like you know what we're gonna get y'all back to the house we're gonna put that But when you get back with your like people, you got to switch back. Otherwise, it's a problem. Like it's it will be a problem. Like I I've always like get made fun of by my sisters for having like all these different ways to to speak. And honestly, like like Precious said, like you don't really like after a while you don't really know what to do, and it feels like you can't really like be like your full self. And it sucks. And then, like, it, and then if you get back with your people and you don't, like, meet, like, certain, like, aesthetics that they have set for you already, then it's an issue. That's, that's all I'm saying. It works both ways. It sucks both ways. It works both ways. And it really is that ideal of... Um... As the, the, the teacher in me. <laughs> and y'all have heard, heard the idea of double consciousness, right? So it's that same idea that you are constantly aware of yourself. And uh, W. Du Bois, oh God, I hope that's the right person because I sometimes get them mixed up. I'm pretty sure it's Du Bois. Yeah, the idea that, that double consciousness, that you are forever a warring, two warring minds in one body, American and Black. And you're trying to figure out how to put those together. And a lot of times does it work. And there's also the idea of um, uplift suasion. Have you ever heard of that term? It was coined like right after slavery got abolished and black people were trying to acclimate back into society. It's from a book that I'm reading called Stamp from the Beginning. Uh, I can't remember the other part of it that's uh, the other part of the title is the idea that black people have, that these stereotypes were not created based on our actions. That was really the main thing. All the stereotypes, all the negativity, all the different misconceptions that were created were not based off of action. So the book explains like, how do your actions change something your actions can create? So we are constantly worried about how, but we still, because that's all we can control is our actions. But we're always constantly aware of them and worried about them because we don't want people to see us this way. But the problem is that if they're going to see you that way, they're going to see you that way no matter what you do. You're either going to be the stereotype no matter what, or you're going to be the exception. I don't know how often I got the exception to the rule. And I'm just like, what rule? That black people, there's something wrong with us? No, that's, but that's the, that's the rule. Anybody who doesn't fall in that rule is the exception. So just listening to y'all, because I'm always aware of myself all the time. I'm always aware of my hair, my clothes. I don't, I read my evaluations, but I have no idea what my students see when I get up there. But I also tell them that too. I'm just like, I don't want to trust. I don't go into detail about 
why I don't, I don't know what they see, but I tell them all the time, I was like, I don't know what y'all see when I'm up here. And it makes me a little bit, it, it humanizes me with them. But then if I were to go a little bit further, I know because my students were predominantly white, it would start to make them uncomfortable because that's the problem with all of this is the, we have an issue with it because nobody wants to talk about it. So it's uncomfortable simply because nobody wants to talk about it because they're like, oh, just stop doing it. Okay, but the problem is like, when I go into a room, if I'm just, the funny thing is I love somebody said it too, it's just like, who am I? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> 41 years old, I don't know the answer to that to this day because I actually teach a class, diversity in literature that talks about the idea at the end of the day, we're all performing based off the environment we're in, based off of who we're around, based off what we think they see, based off what we want them to see. So who is anybody? I definitely do believe that Black people have more of an issue with that. And that's the thing too, a lot of the issues we talk about, everybody does go through them, but I think that it's definitely something that Black people struggle with more based off of the interpretations and the stereotypes that have been created about us. Either we're mean or we're just forced. I don't. Oh, we're mammies. Oh, we're the, like being fast part starts when you're young. Yes. Like just because we have curves and like we are literal gait walking, they're like stop switching and you're like that's my my walking gait. So I'm way. supposed to my muscles crawl. What do you want? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I'm actually not making you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I know like when I was like um, young, there was always the like, don't don't be like so fast or the like, when when you're in your own house, keep in mind this is your house as a child and you're wearing like shorts and your parents are like, oh, go put on something different because we're having relatives over. And you're like they're related to me and i'm comfortable that's and I'm what i'm saying i can't be and that's the thing too we are never allowed to be comfortable unless we're by ourselves pretty much <laughs> we're by ourselves we're supposed to be covered up or we're supposed to wear this or we're supposed to look a certain way and it's just like yeah there is always this annoying awareness and even though i know it's there i still have it i was like I ain't put no makeup on. Like, oh my God, I look horrible. I was like, nah, don't mind give a shit what you look like. <laughs> but it's still, I'm aware of it. So, and sorry for cursing. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I do that sometimes. I'll because some, every once in a while I'll slip in the classroom. I'm like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, because I don't know who's in the classroom. <laughs> so, I mean, like, even now, like, my aunt, um, her boyfriend will come over for dinner multiple times a week. And usually I'm wearing my work clothes, so it's like a slack and a shirt. But one time I changed, be comfortable, come in wearing a crop top. It's not like, it literally like is right above my belly button. She goes, precious, go change. I'm like, Amy, it's a crop top. Like realizing that I said that, I'm like, I'm about to get slapped. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm like, it's a crop, like, it's a crop top. He's your boyfriend. Thank you. If he's looking at me, that's an issue with that anyway. <laughs> like, if I could go in public wearing crop top with all these other predators and all that, I can't wear one in the house with your boyfriend. He's supposed to be safe because he's with you. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so, you're in the house. If he's looking crazy, slap him. Don't tell me to go put something different on. But yeah, there is that like 
the NS deals with the female. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precious. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Because that's always been so weird to me that people will say, oh, you're being fast. For what? For wearing shorts? And then I can't wear shorts because you got male company in the house. If you feel like I don't need to be wearing shorts in front of your male company, maybe get the male company out of the house. I don't know. Maybe they don't need to be there. Maybe if you're so, oh, what? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Maybe if you're so worried about it, it don't, they don't need to even be there. Like if you're so worried that somebody is looking at your, your, how old were you? Um, When that happened, I was probably about a good old like seven. You were baby. Oh, yeah. oh. I was like a 13, 14. Okay. You were baby. So like it happened yeah. as young as like four. There's oh been instances gosh. where Does this only happen in America? I feel like this only happens in America. I feel like Americans are so quick to to just like to just like be like, oh well, that's okay. It's just a little predator predatorism. Let them in the house. Like, no, get out of the house. Like with them being like, oh, those shorts are too short. Clothes are not made for our anatomy. We have completely different. I'm sorry that you are looking like Flat Stanley in the back, and I got a dumb truck. Like, <laughs> oh my brain. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but that's the interesting thing to bring up because I remember growing up my mom being the same way she did not want me around my male relatives and just I mean I don't know if I won't speak for all black people of course but it's that interesting or that protective idea that like if you, if you, if it's, it's almost like they don't really process, it's either controlling of girls, that idea that girls should always be modest, we should always be dressed a certain way, or there's always that fear of the men around you. So it's this weird, it, it definitely made me question and wonder, because at the time I didn't understand, but she had, uh, like I had an uncle, he, I mean, I was dressed or whatever, I, I was in the I think I was in the living room with him by myself for a little while, and my mom came in the room, my room later, and was just like, what are you even here with him for? I don't, I don't to this day I don't remember and I don't remember that either I'm like I don't know <laughs> I think I was 10 11 and he didn't do I do remember he didn't do anything but there's that weird fear that does exist associated with uh and like I said I can't say it's just black people but there's definitely that fear when it comes to girls being around other men or that or I mean and y'all tell me but it, it could it also be that um fear of don't be trying to take my man yes i mean yeah. I, i'd hate to think that because you were a baby i mean yeah. i feel like some men they find interest in younger women well younger little girls because um, they're like petite and they're all cute and dainty and will do anything but whenever they look for that in a woman that innocence for like I hate to say that innocence, but it is that innocence is there. We were aware of the world and we didn't met some of y'all and some of y'all suck. So that kid stayed with us. So yeah, we're not just innocent and go lucky and just automatically trusting or I don't know. But yeah, no, you're not gonna find that little girl because she met too many people like you. So she grew up. Unfortunately, too many 
females in general in this day and age are having to grow up faster than they should because of things like that. Yeah. And in my opinion, even as a male, we need to teach males sooner to not be like that. Like, but society, of course, is not <laughs> in So I think in general, a lot of the issues would be alleviated if we literally talked and educated each other on things. Of course. But people do, because there is that fear of being an outsider. There's that, that's another thing too, that's fear of being an outcast. There's that fear of being denied. Uh, we no longer, at least I know, for, and this is in my own head, it seems like I don't feel like I earned any of the stuff I have. It feels like it was, I was allowed to have it. So I need to behave a certain way to ensure it's not taken from me because history has taught us that uh, our right to live is not necessarily a right if somebody decides it's not a right. Like they, just, they just recently were talking about, um, uh, well, I just heard about Roe versus Wade that boom, overturn. Lord, that, 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 yeah. that, 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 that. <laughs> I was talking about um, the Tulsa race massacre was on the news recently, but yeah, this, that ID, just this control factor that does, that definitely does exist in this country, which is why we kind of behave the way we do. I feel sometimes to ensure that that control is limited on us. Absolutely. It's very limited because of the CRT. It's not being taught in schools. What is CRT? I'm sorry. Critical race theory. Thank you. I don't I don't use the term enough to know the and the nice thing too, I've always I, I mean I definitely know what it is, and it's just that ignorance like, well, you're teaching white children that they're racist. No. What? You're teaching them that their ancestors were racist and they can learn. And that they're privileging and they, they are privileging from that racism. I mean, that's what we're teaching literally them. Literally privileging. I mean, that is. Generations down from them are going to get the wealth that their great, 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 great ancestors have. And, and it's really just based on this idea of like, well, that hurts their feelings. That's it. And? <laughs> because you can't give me any other justification for not teaching it other than it makes them feel bad. And if it makes you feel bad, and I tell my students all the time, because I introduce them to racial stuff, but I tell them like, if you feel bad, you stop and process why you feel bad. Right. <laughs> why do you, why do you feel bad? I don't know. We just, it's this lack of, it's a protection of, I mean, it's a protection of children, I think, but you're protecting them from the wrong things. <laughs> and you're preventing the world from actually improving, from actually um, getting to the place where it should be, where people, where no one is afraid to walk down the street, where no one is afraid to express themselves, where no one is worried that they might get attacked and murdered because they decided to be who they are supposed to be. At the end of the day, it all comes back to a lack of education a lack of knowing what the stereotypes are, the lack of knowing what the black community has to do to assimilate to a white nation. It really just comes down to the fact that if we would educate younger people sooner, then things really could change for the better. I have a question. What are the positive stereotypes of black people that that I, not gonna lie, I don't actually always think of positive. What are the positive stereotypes? You get to take off for <laughs> yeah. okay, that's, okay that's actually that's actually a real positive one <laughs> no, that's, a, that's but, an actual positive one yeah. i mean i know i don't know i know the flash um like not this black history month but like the one 
before that, I was, I was using my privilege. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, the Black History Month, okay. What other positive ones exist? I know I'm gonna talk about the ones that are, that are mis their misconception is being positive, I, I mean, think. I feel like there's like the strong Black woman stereotype, which that can also be like negative too, because like, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, 100%. Like, yeah. Like, I don't want to always be like, yeah, it feels great like to be like, oh, yes, I feel strong. I can take I'm on everything. But when it all comes, when you're growing up and becoming an adult and your life is falling apart, you're tired. You don't want to be strong. You want to be able to be like, I'm weak and I don't know what I'm doing and I need therapy. And Black people don't, Black people feel like we don't need therapy because they're, they think we just don't need therapy. They think it's because we're lazy or something. You okay, sweetie? Okay. Because <laughs> I heard it and I was like, if you need a break, let us know. Because I mean, you know, you're not wrong at all. And yeah. What are y'all thoughts? Because I definitely, that's that's actually the point I want to comment on. <laughs> what are y'all thoughts? <laughs> Do y'all have any thoughts on any of those quote unquote positive stereotypes that may not be very positive? I do. Um, the strong black woman stereotype is like positive and negative at the same time, just because I like what Precious said. But then on top of that, it bleeds into like your own community. Because a lot of black men believe that black women can sustain a lot of stuff and like stay like they okay, they can take a lot of stuff and like keep going and all that stuff and just be like a pillar of strength for the community but sometimes you know like pillars can crumble and it's a lot to be putting that all on one person especially like in like a family dynamic and stuff plus it it it, it can like flow over into like things that don't even have to do with like the person or like mental health. It could actually like, um, like flow over into like medical stuff too. Like I just read something that was like extremely unsettling about like Harvard medical students. It was like I don't know how long ago they took this survey or whatever, but it's like this person took a survey for like Harvard medical students based on like. Um, who they thought like could withstand like a lot of pain. And they thought that like black women and then like right under black women was black men. They thought that they could like take like a lot of like pain, like could be in pain for like a long time. And that's pretty crazy because with, with that um, little thing I read out, um, I've been seeing that a lot of people are like, well, especially black women are like going into the hospitals like and telling their like doctors and stuff like I need this and I'm not I'm in pain this this and this and they're not like listening they're not like really paying attention to it because they think that they're you know I don't think that they think of the strong black woman but they think oh she can take that and it's like no I feel that way. I don't know. No I don't know if what I'm saying is making any sense. No, absolutely. Like, and actually, I don't know when that server was taken, but medical students are still taught that today. That 
Black people can tolerate more pain. So as a result, they so usually get so they usually get less uh, pain medication because it's believed they don't need it. Drug use or just one hundred percent. So that's there's it. something uh, about black women giving birth, and so like nurses think that they can handle it more. So more black women die from giving birth than other any other race. My friend of mine is uh, her whole research project uh, for a PhD was on black maternal health and understanding that half, I think it's, I think she said it was half, but it was a large number of black women who go into hospitals to give birth die. So she has four children and none of them were born in the hospital. She had all of them uh, birthed at home. And I love her, but she didn't do any pain medication either. And I was like, oh dear God. <laughs> and you had four and you had them naturally. <laughs> go you but absolutely that idea that we can handle more pain or that idea that the, that's definitely the neck the strong black woman and the thing is it's not really the stereotype that's the issue it's the interpretation of it strong being you're supposed to be able to handle everything strong being you're not supposed to complain strong i, I, I love the term give it to god <laughs> like really what's he gonna do with it give it back to me <laughs> so that is definitely that idea that black women are not supposed to ask for help if we do ask for help there's that idea of weakness and uh and, and the black community in general yeah it's just like just go to church pray about it like oh there's no mental health you don't need mental health no you just need god like, no i might need some medication <laughs> not just god well, God created the um, God created my ability to go get medication. How about that one? So God is doing it in some way. I don't know. I've always because I've I heard my whole life just go to church more, pray more. Uh, God will handle it. Uh, yeah, no. What's the point of having a mind if I'm not supposed to use it? And this idea that I'm supposed to handle every and and problem is we do that is put on us, so we do feel like something's wrong when we ask for help, and that's why we break down because we feel like we're supposed to be able to. Uh, take it and then we break down but then we get upset about breaking down and it's just a constant cycle so absolutely that idea that that positive which can be which can be positive if we redefine it the understanding that asking for help is not a weakness needing help there's nothing wrong with you that you're not this misconception in our community that we're supposed to carry everybody and nobody's supposed to help us. Like we're supposed to raise the children, we're supposed to stand by our man, we're supposed to uh, make sure he's encouraged, we're supposed to make sure that everyone else in the community is okay, except for ourselves. There is Who's never doing that for us though? No one takes care of black women. Black women, it's an understanding that black women are supposed to take care of everybody else. We are just this continuous mammy. We are supposed to take care of everybody else. We're supposed to be sympathetic. We're supposed to be loving. And we can be loving. We need love too. Because <laughs> it's hard when you, because we, we forget to love ourselves. We forget to love ourselves. We're so worried about loving everybody else. Yeah, I'm going tangents forever. So <laughs> this idea of stereotypes. I, mean, I feel like the, <clears throat> like how like we come off as like mean or like always angry. That's like negative, but I guess it can also be a little positive too. Because like, if a white person gets back a little crazy, you just raise your voice to them, they come back home. Meeting people, and you really don't want to meet new people, and they're just yeah. I could, 
and that's a sad thing. We can use the stereotype in our favor. Unfortunately, we keep it alive, but it's just like, well, you know, I do want to think about me because if, if I make this face, you won't come over here because you're already having the misconception like, oh, she don't want to talk to me. Yeah, I don't. Just <laughs> <laughs> take this face and leave it. And I know that that has been a see sometimes in my classrooms um, because I predominantly have white students. So they do look at me with a little bit of fear. And I do notice that sometimes. So if I ever have to do my teacher voice, it actually scares me to death because, you know, teachers are loud, but then you know, a loud black woman, oh my God, she's going to kill us. And I know that some of them have actually going through their minds, not all of them, of course, but I know some of them like, but, so unfortunately the stereotype, while it is negative, can work in your favor. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. It's a good thing at the time. But <laughs> what effect does that have later on down the road for other people? Like, no matter how much I like try to stand off from being bothered, even though I have to talk to them, it never really works. And then they get upset whenever I like put up this guard and just say, okay, you told me what you needed to do. Now just leave me alone. I think I know why it doesn't work for you. Because you work with men. Yes, and women. Yours is a little bit different because men have a, yours is they have an idea of the black woman, but men also have the idea of some of them, of course, the superiority. So they are just like, well, if I want to talk to you, you're going to talk to me. I'm like, no, get, why aren't you scared? <laughs> That's the moment it's like, why aren't you scared? <laughs> like, I know I'm short of you, but just. Yes. <laughs> it's like this is one of the moments you actually should be afraid because I really do feel like doing something. Like especially at seven o'clock in the morning. Okay. Referring back to Lauren's comment about black women being treated in medical care. Yeah. I remember my mom going through chemo and us having to like physically and just like yell at the nurses and doctors to like give her a different medicine because we researched and research that certain medicines don't work for black or black people. Yep. And it actually makes the situation worse. Okay. And after like going through six rounds of chemo and radiation, then having to change medications and doctors, and then going through another six rounds of radiation and chemo. It's like, oh, well, she's finally better. Like and after two years, you, you couldn't have made, made that happen? No, because there's also that idea that, uh, oh, we're all the same on inside. I mean, genetically to an extent, but still there are like, and I guess that's the hard part too, because realistically race isn't a thing. There's actually no such thing as race. There's no mean black, Asian, but there's no such thing as race. Race was invented for a purpose, but now that it's here, it's here. So I don't know what else you'd call it, but there are genetically, they're just, I mean, it may be something that's genetically mainly in black people, but yeah, they're genetically, we are different. So you have to process that also, but we don't like to look at that um, because black bodies, and that's another thing in the book I was reading, black bodies, the only time we're equal is when they're trying to learn about humanity. So then it's okay to dissect this. It's okay to inject this with stuff. It's okay to dig up cadavers and study those, or it's okay to uh, infect black people. I'm still thinking of the uh, uh, syphilis uh, experiment from, I don't know how long ago it was, where they just let, there it is, where they just basically let, gave black people syphilis and just let them die to see what happens. So that's the only time we are equal when you're trying to learn about the body. Other than that, we are not 
equal in any other way. That sounds like um, the book that you're speaking of. Is it the book that talks mainly about how they use black people as like medical experiments? It just it talks about it's called stamp from the beginning and it literally shows how black people have been systematically placed in the position we've in throughout the years at different periods for different reasons like politically a black black people have always been used for political gain anywhere from John F Kennedy to uh, I was gonna say Frederick Douglass Lord no uh, yeah uh, but I'm referring to presidents uh, John F Kennedy comes to mind. Morgan. Abraham I, I, yep, Abraham Lincoln, because he literally said, like, I would, because I don't know the exact quote, but basically, I would abolish slavery, I would keep slavery, I would do whatever it would take to bring my people together. It wasn't about making sure that Black people were free, it was about bringing white people together. That mm -hmm. So it's always this understanding that Black people have been tools for different gains, whether it be political, whether it be uh, social like they're, they're i know y'all probably know they've actually have created uh false science that show that black people were naturally inferior because of our head size because of various different things uh just the creation of the um the iq test uh with the understanding that black people were denied education so of course they weren't going to meet the standards that were associated with that so it, the whole book and i know the whole name of it and i wish i'd have brought it but it's um um, I was saying that because there's this book that I read. Well, I didn't finish it, but it was basically about how, through history, black people have been used as like medical experiments, like from like being put on display to like literally like digging them up to like research them more after they passed away, like grave robbing. And yes. I didn't finish the book because like that's a lot of info that might be hard on your mental. Amber Kendi. Oh. Imbrum Kendi, and it's stamped from the beginning, the definitive history of racist ideas in America. Let me see what the one I read about. And so it's uh, Ibram X uh, Kendi, and the whole book is just talking about uh, some Americans insist that we're living in a post-racial society, but racist thought is not just alive and well in America, it is more sophisticated and more insidious than ever. So the whole book is just talking about how these different stereotypes have been invented, created, and carried over, and Black people's interpretations of them and how we've tried to combat them with the understanding that, well, actually, without the understanding that we can't combat something, that our actions, that who we are didn't create these stereotypes, that were created for the intent purpose of creating a hierarchy that puts Black people at the bottom, because we have to live in a world of hierarchy. We cannot live in a world where people are equal, where people are allowed to be individuals, where people are allowed to just be themselves. There has to be, if you don't have a top, if you don't have a bottom, how can somebody be on top with the be belief that there has to be a top? With instead of the understanding that no one is better than you, it's just different skills. I've always wanted to strangle people who can sing. I hate it. I've always wanted to sing but I can't sing, that's not my thing. But that doesn't mean I'm beneath singers, I just don't have the talent. So that's the idea is that like when I, my students say like, oh, I'm a bad writer, you're a different type of writer. You just say, I gotta figure out what type of writer you are. So it's that getting away from this hierarchical idea and just this understanding that individuality is just that. Nobody needs your permission to be who they are and you don't need their permission. But I also understand that we do live in a, um, social society that we don't want to be left out we don't want to be singled out there is that fear of not finding connections of not finding where you belong or who you belong with or being denied or left out or mistreated or 
Fear is a big factor, mm-hmm. I notice, in a lot of the decisions that are made. There was a book that I was reading that basically said fear is the strongest and most powerful humane feeling. And it truly is a driving factor. And society knows that and has used it for millennia. And unfortunately, the Black community and minorities in general are given that fear. Yeah. Because a lot of what we discussed is rooted in fear, either fear of someone we love being hurt or fear of ourselves being hurt or denied something or fear of being uh, rejected. Can I say something? 100%, please. What you said about like how people think that we live like in a post-racist society, I don't think we can live in a post-racist society since the systems that we're still using are based like on systemic racism. And then on top of that, yeah. And then on top of that, like, instead of like trying to make people assimilate to like American culture or whatever, people should just really look and see that America was supposed to be a melting pot when everybody started coming over. And when people started like, um, like there's there's so many people that live here like there's so many different races that live here so rather than just trying to make somebody act one way or people trying to do like one thing to feel comfortable you should want to like you should want to have like um you should want to fight for like a place where you can feel comfortable regardless of whatever situation you're in like you should want people to be like comfortable and feel like they have the freedom to do whatever it is just like because we were talking about code switching like um a few minutes ago and it's like we're never gonna know that freedom of like just going somewhere and just being whoever you like whoever you are and it kind of sucks that that's a thing and that's a thing that people don't even know that like a lot of us go through and it's like you should want to fight for a place where you can feel comfortable like everywhere like whatever situation like I shouldn't feel uncomfortable getting pulled over by the police or I shouldn't feel uncomfortable going to a primarily white institution because at the end of the day we're all just supposed to be people you know like it should be like a melting pot culture instead of you need to fall in line and act one way you're absolutely right because that it was supposed to be the idea but then with all these different and the thing is is that I well actually I'm talking too much. What do y'all think on that? Because I do have an opinion. <laughs> but I don't want to draw any Bowser's voice out. Whoever <laughs> still in office needs to get out. It's like, I absolutely agree that we need to have that melting pot. That is the whole premise of America as a whole and what it originally was going to be built upon. However, and this might be just my radical ideology, white superior quote air quotes men being in office they wanted more people to act like them and to fit into their idea of a structure of a government and of a people so people had that individuality stripped from them and and that's kind of what the country was built up like it's never denouncing black people never denouncing black people but this country was sexist before it was racist so when they first got over here I never forget like the Salem witch trials, that whole idea of a foundation of either you fall in line or we kill you. And I think what uh, people don't grasp is that you don't have to like, accept, be okay with 
everything you see, but it's that understanding that that doesn't mean it, that that doesn't have a right to be there. You are entitled to be yourself, but I think we run into the problem is like, well, this is what I am and this is all I want to see. That is where we run into the issue, I think, just forgetting that you don't have to, no one's telling you what to think, but you don't have the right to have what to think either. If you don't like something, cool. There you go. No one cares what you like. Or, you know, separate yourself from it. And, that doesn't, and if you like, well, I go outside and I see it. Well, then if you, uh, go eat a movie, move in the basement or do what a normal person does and be like, man, and walk away. I mean, if you're in a different place where it's the same. Yeah, I mean, this the idea that people have that, and I, I, we, for some reason, certain, just, we can't live in a world, and with that's with a lot, of, and that's what I've kind of discovered from the research is that we can't live in a world that doesn't look like us. Uh, so that's why, until recently, it was always white. It, it was white images, white people. I, I will never forget the hashtag not my Ariel. And oh, heard it. Yes, with um, Chloe. Basically, the whole idea of the black, that because a black woman was going to play an imaginary fish and they flipped the hell out of it. The, the Ariel's not even, a, that's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fish. But there was this big thing, and it was just, um, um, and it's just like, because they, yeah, pretty little girl, too. Oh my goodness. She's a pretty little girl. But they, it was just this big, they were just so upset that they were going to change out this imaginary fish for this black girl. Supposedly 14 year old fish girl. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that was creepy too because like 14 year old got married at the end. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that doesn't bother anybody. That, 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 that doesn't bother you. That doesn't bother them. That, but you're but the color does. Yeah. 14 year old doesn't bother them, but a black woman does. And all of this comes back to a fundamental truth that we have as a species. And in communication, we have a word for it called echo chambering, where basically you want to see your thoughts okay. and that is it. You want to be surrounded by your ideology, your religion, your quote unquote people. Okay. And you don't accept any outside things from it. And social media is the worst about tailoring to that. Especially because if you watch a person brand new on social media and what they like, what they interact with, that social media platform will tailor it to where they see more of that and less of their opposing views. Yeah. And that's why social media and news media in general is so divided. It's because they tailor towards that echo chambering that humans naturally have. And it's not a bad thing because I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to be surrounded by things that make them comfortable, and make them happy? I mean, that's not abnormal. That's not um, ignorant, but it is. It becomes an issue when you actually believe that that really is all you should ever come across. That or the idea that this is what I want to see, and everyone else should do this too. That mm -hmm. idea of literally, if you're going to be around me, this is what you should be, and not just in your small circle. Literally, wherever I go, that's all I should see. When you really want to truly make the world in this idealic, idealic image that honestly nobody fits into because social media is a great example. I don't know how many times I've seen where they 
catch the people who uh, took too much off their thigh and have one thigh that's bigger than the other one? Were they um, uh, superimposed themselves to the door where it looks like they're uh, actually attacked? Where, basically, where they're messing with the... Um, what do you, it's not filter. What do you call it? Photoshop. Hey, thank you. Photoshopping yeah. and photoshopping gone wrong. I don't know yeah. how many of those I've seen. And at the end of the day, that's where stereotyping is, is it's in that echo chamber. It's what people want to continuously believe in. And instead of, like we've said multiple times, wanting to get to know the individual, they just assign it to the entire group as a whole. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and a special thanks to the members of the BSU for sitting down and talking to me today. And, as always, go dogs.